Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Fatal Fortunes. I'm Al. I'm Will. Join us for a deep dive into some of history's most fascinating characters who live dangerously beautiful lives and whose legacies haunt us today. Welcome back to another episode of Fatal Fortunes. We're really excited to bring you this really important and interesting episode about a icon in music, Selena. Are you excited for this, Al? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, you know, I think we've all been like a huge fan of Selena ever since Selena Gomez came on the scene for our generation. I think that that was part of my deep dive into like who she was named after. So I'm super excited to do like such a vibrant person. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Selena is from Selena Gomez is from Texas. So that makes sense why, you know, she was named after her and, you know, emulated her and you can definitely see Selena, who we will get into. She's such an influential icon, and uh, we're going to talk about that legacy more and her life and her tragic death at the young age of twenty three. But um, but before we do that, why don't we jump back into the year she was born, nineteen seventy one. Yes. So in 1971, the 26th Amendment was passed, which lowered the voting age to 18. Border battles between India and Pakistan erupted into full-scale war when India invaded East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, in support of the independence movement. While Disney World opens, Qatar and the UAE become independent from Great Britain. Apollo 14 mission is successful, and the Soviet Union puts the first space station into Earth's orbit. The Pentagon Papers remind us that we all live in the Matrix. China is admitted to the UN. The NASDAQ is born, and the love of my life, Margaret Thatcher, steals all that milk from babies. Attica prison riot takes place. Amtrak is invented. Women in Switzerland gain the right to vote, which I think is kind of crazy that women in Switzerland have only had the right to vote for 50 years. Greenpeace is formed. Cigarette advertising in the United States ends. Bummer. Nixon takes the dollar off the gold standard. Idiot. Idiomean rises to power, which sucks. NPR broadcasts for the first time. And Jim Morrison, a future fatal fortune, is found dead in a bathtub in Paris. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. This was a fun year. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a fun year. I feel like there was a lot of positives and discoveries and births. And, <laughs> you know, there was some revolution with the Attica prison riot and new laws passing for equality and voting rights. Um and also Jim Morrison, another musician, died, joined the 27 Club. Lots of Yeah, not stuff. a bad year to be born, considering <laughs> some other fatal fortunes we've had. So what are you drinking today, Will? So I thought I would honor Selena the best way I could, which probably isn't super... <laughs> like, I don't know if this is something that she liked, but... I was like, okay, what's a, what do we know about Tex-Mex drinks, you know, Mexican drinks in Texas? I've I've been to a few Tex-Mex restaurants and they love a frozen marg, so I made a frozen marg. I've already drinking like half of it, but it's with mango and pineapple 
tangerine juice and blanco tequila i'm really jealous i'm just drinking <laughs> water i'm just hey sometimes just well that's not just water that's water with a little bit of Oof. pizzazz <laughs> yes um yeah you know sometimes you just gotta focus on hydration yeah of somehow. course Let's hop right into the early life of Selena. So Selena was born on April 16th, 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas. Never heard of it. Selena's father, Abraham, was a sometimes musician. And Selena's mother, Marcella, lived her life away from the spotlight. So there's really, you know, little information on her background. Marcella met her future husband, Abraham, in 1961 while he was serving in the military and stationed at a base near Tacoma, Washington. Two years after starting their relationship, they married and had a family. Their children would be Abraham III, Suzette, and their third child, Selena. Prior to Marcella's birth, her mother had been diagnosed with a tumor that needed to be removed. And when it was, she got a second opinion on the tumor and actually found out that she was pregnant. The couple initially thought that they were having a son, but they were mistaken, and Selena was born in 1971. At this time, Abraham is working in the music industry. When she was six years old, her father saw her talent and really was like, oh, I can support our family off this. And he starts teaching her older brother, Abraham III, how to play guitar. When Selena begins to sing, the children form a band called Selena y los Dinos, they practice almost every day. Selena grew up speaking English, but her father taught her to sing in Spanish so she could, you know, be more of a staple in the Latino community and get more gigs in that space. And she learned the lyrics phonetically at first because they were speaking English at home. And then eventually she learned how to speak Spanish fluently. Around the age of 10, Selena became the lead singer in her family's band. The music group started playing at weddings and clubs in their native hometown of Texas. And the band featured her brother Abraham on the bass guitar and her sister Suzette on the drum. So it was really just kind of a family affair. And at first, the kids weren't super into it. It was more like the dad's idea of like, oh, this would be so cool. And then... You know, once they started having these fun gigs and, you know, really getting the crowd to enjoy their music, they really sort of became more bonded and more excited about playing these shows. The concert touring paid off when the band opened for a popular Tejano act called Maz. At age 11, Selena took the stage by storm and the crowd loved her. At this time, Selena focused on her music, but often missed classes and stopped going to school for good when she was in the eighth grade. Kind of similar to Dorothy Dandridge. To keep up with her schooling, she took courses with the American School in Chicago. She eventually earned her general education diploma in 1989, which is the same as earning a high school diploma. <laughs> yes, for our listeners in the 16 countries that are in America, a GED yes. is basically a high school diploma. So Selena took some time from touring to record music. For Corpus Christi's Freddie label, Selena recorded Mis Primeras Grabaciones in 1984. Freddie was one of the oldest and most established Spanish language record companies in Texas. The album and its only single, Ya Se Va, did not sell well, 
Switching to Kara and Manny record labels, Selena's albums do not sell much better. Living in a van, the band continued to tour by opening for larger Tejano acts in the Southwest United States. And this is a huge deal. Now, after all this hard work, it finally pays off. In 1988, Selena, at the age of 17, was popular enough that she was voted the Female Artist of the Year at the Tejano Music Awards. She would win this award again for the next seven years. Her popularity increased every year from then. That's so crazy. It's almost like how Nicki Minaj won the BET Award for like Best Female Artist every year for... I don't know, at least five years until Cardi B came along. It's comparable. And could you imagine just like leaving, you know, the traditional life of going to high school and everything to just pursue your passion of music? It actually kind of reminds me of this show. I saw this guy from London. I think he opened for this musician. His name is Roman Lewis, the guy who opened up, um, and he was so good. I was so blown away by his talent. And then, like, at the very end, he's like, wow, I'm so glad I took time off to do this. You know, I'm touring in the, the States, and I I'm I have to take tests when I get back for school. And it's just, like, it's just so, it sounds like such the time of your life. Like, I so much would rather be on tour than, like, going to high school. <laughs> yeah. The following year in 1989, Selena joined EMI Records. She suddenly had a major record company supporting her, and Jose Behar, the head of the company's new Latin music division, knew that she could appeal to a wide variety of audiences, not just Tejano fans. In 1991, her song with Alvaro Torres called Buenos Amigos became a hit. The song went on to be number one on Billboard's Latin chart and introduced her to audiences throughout the United States. When her hit song, Donde Quiero E, <laughs> Donde Quiero. <laughs> you got this. Anything more than two words in Spanish, I'm like, I can't. Oh. Donde Quiero Que Este, Selena continued to grow in popularity and reach wider and wider markets for her music. The early 1990s included many bright spots in Selena's music and personal life. On April 2nd, before her birthday, in 1992, Selena married 22-year-old Christopher Perez. He had been the lead guitarist in her band, and together they shared the success and Selena's growing popularity, particularly in Mexico. Her, she did this behind her parents' back, and she eloped and stuff, and her father was now writing more international-sounding songs for her, so he's... There's a little bit of conflict going on there. And these new songs were not only popular in Mexico, but also began to be heard throughout the United States and in South and Central America. The size of her audiences at her shows swelled. By 1993, Selena's fan club in San Antonio had reached 1,500 members, which for the time is huge. I don't think people have fan clubs that big anymore even today. I don't even think people do fan clubs. The woman managing the fan club is going to play a pivotal role in Selena's story. Yolanda Saldivar is a San Antonio nurse, and she had seen Selena in concert, and after that had repeatedly called Selena's father, Abraham, to start a fan club based in San Antonio. In December 1993, Selena was moved to a record company that made mostly English-language records, and she began recording English-language songs for a new album while still performing. 
In January 1994, Selena opened Selena Etc. Boutiques in Corpus Christi, Texas. Now, this shop was a one-stop shop for all Selena fans where one could find merch, CDs, dolls, you could get your nails done, blowouts, etc. Then eight months later, the San Antonio location opened. To help manage her boutique, Selena hires Yolanda because, you know, she's doing a good job at managing the fan club. And they're like, hey, you know, do the boutiques as well. Designing a lot of the clothes alongside Selena was Martin Gomez on the HLN show Fatal Encounters, which is kind of a funny coincidence that (laughs) we're talking about it on Fatal Fortunes. Uh, On that show, Gomez reveals that he once sent his assistant to pick up some zippers that he had ordered from Yolanda's apartment and that Yolanda's apartment was covered in pictures and shrines to Selena. So that's kind of that's really creepy. And I think that's a little bit of a sign to what is to come later in her story. Because Gomez was on Selena Etc.'s payroll, he had health insurance through them, and he went for a biannual teeth cleaning. And that was when he was informed that they hadn't paid out his insurance, they being Selena Etc., for six months. So he confronts Yolanda about this, and she says that she'll fix it, but don't tell Selena about this. Selena and Martin are kind of, you know, nearing the end of their friendship, and Martin warns Selena that he thinks Yolanda is going to hurt her physically. And to the end of Selena's life, Martin tells her that, that he's just, you know, so worried and he really is just putting up that red flag for her. But I think Selena really kind of sees the best in people and she just has that sort of genuine, like, spirit. Like, I feel like Selena is that girl at school that would, like, just make anyone kind of feel welcome and you know she's kind of like that girl around the block who would just like you just run around in the summer and just have the best of time with and you know she wasn't necessarily judgmental she just had that sort of carefree spirit um that was just i think what so many people could relate to and what many people liked about her and another thing i feel about that is I feel like because Selena didn't get socialized at school like a lot of other kids and like during her teen years, she wasn't around like other people her age. I feel like she was a bit naive. I think she she saw the best in people and she wanted to believe the best in people because she'd never seen the bad in people because she hadn't been exposed to more than her fans loving her and her family's support. So... I think that's why Selena let it go on so long for Yolanda because Yolanda was trusted by her father, who was her music manager. So it just makes sense. Hi guys. Thank you so much for listening to fatal fortunes and helping us get the word out about the podcast. If you want to help us further, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, shout outs, stickers, exclusives, and more. For just $3 a month, you can listen to episodes of Fatal Fortunes before nobody else can and get exclusive content that you won't see here. Go take a look over at patreon.com slash fatal fortunes podcast. All one word. Again, that's patreon.com slash. So a big turning point in Selena's career is when she's nominated for a Grammy for Best Mexican-American Album. And there's this scene in the J-Lo adaptation where Selena actually goes dress shopping 
for the Grammys at the mall and she was racially profiled by the store employee. And this is just, you know, a little anecdote, but Selena's sibling said that it was way worse than just like one incident at the Grammys. Like Selena, you know, as this sort of star that's really rising, especially among the Latinx community, you know, she would just kind of wear, you know, like jeans and, you know, a hoodie and her backpack and like just super casual or whatever. And when she would go to places, um, you know, stores or whatever, she would get racially profiled a lot. And a lot of people didn't realize who she was because, um, you know, they just, they didn't really care. And I think that Selena, you know, she has such like an important cornerstone in the culture for the Latinx community, specifically for the Mexican community in Texas. Um, And I think a lot of people back then, you know, a lot of non-Latinx people, you know, they wouldn't listen to that music because I don't know for whatever reason, but um, still it doesn't, you know, give you a right to racially profile someone that they can't afford to dress or whatever, you know. Which is also crazy because in Texas, there's 11 million Mexican people. Yeah. And it's almost 40% of the population. So the fact that you're going to be profiling 40% of the people that come into the store. Yeah. Are you going to make money? Yeah. Anywho, in February 1994, more than 60,000 people saw her perform in Houston. And in March 1994, her album Selena Live won a Grammy for Best Mexican American Album. Selena's growing fame is also increasing record sales. In July 1994, Selena released a more prohibido. The album would sell more than 1 million copies. It was the top-selling Latin album of the year, and it was also named the Tejano Music Awards Album of the Year. In 1995, Selena was truly at the height of her career, all these hit albums, a Grammy, and she was in the process of recording the album Dreaming of You. Things are going to get dark. And in early 1995, Selena's father discovers that Yolanda has been embezzling money from the boutiques and from the fan club. Yolanda has embezzled more than $30,000. Some of the things she used the money for was to rent herself Lincoln Town cars and to go on vacations to Mexico. She even uses the boutique's money to buy Selena a ring and passes it off as a gift from all the employees. Selena and her family feel so betrayed by the person they had given so much trust to, and they fire Yolanda. They take Yolanda's name off everything. She's completely cut off. The firing and also being banned from contacting Selena set Yolanda off. She purchases a 38 caliber special revolver in San Antonio, allegedly told the gun clerk that she was a home health aid nurse whose patients and relatives had threatened her life. Yolanda, even though she has done this, she still wants to convince Selena that she's innocent of her father's accusations. On March 31st, 1995, Selena and Yolanda meet at the hotel. Yolanda delays handing over these financial papers to Selena, claiming that she had been raped during a recent trip to Mexico paid by the embezzlement of the fan club. Selena then drives Yolanda to the doctor's regional hospital and the doctors do a routine exam, but don't confirm if a rape has occurred. 
Selena then drives her and Yolanda back to the hotel room at the Days Inn. Selena empties Yolanda's bag onto the bed, which had a bunch of financial business documents for the boutiques and the fan club, and also the revolver. Selena runs away, and Yolanda shoots Selena in the back, severing an artery. Critically wounded, Selena rushes to the hotel's lobby and collapses on the floor. She tells a staffer that Yolanda had shot her and gives the room number where she had been shot. Her life rapidly leaves her as the motel staff tend to her. In the ambulance, Selena drops the ring that Yolanda had given her from her palm, and her father thinks that this was her trying to give the ring back when Yolanda shot her. Selena is pronounced dead at 1.05 p.m. from blood loss and cardiac arrest. Yolanda, as Selena is running, is getting the gun and towels and ran to her truck, but she gets blocked in by the police. She holds the gun to her head and is telling them that she wants to kill herself and that she didn't kill Selena. The standoff lasts for nine and a half hours, and it's nighttime by now when she surrenders. Yolanda is charged with and later found guilty of first-degree murder and is sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole in 2025, 30 years after Selena's death. That's soon. Yeah, it is soon. They can't I don't let want her that out, to happen. Though. I don't think they're going to let her out. I mean, you know that people are going to be protesting, like, all day, every day, camped out. Like, Ooh. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to let her out. And just to wrap up, Selena, after her death, four tracks that had been fully recorded for her album, Dreaming of You, are released, and the album goes double platinum. Okay, so let's talk about the relationship between Yolanda and Selena and sort of just how everything escalated so quickly. It's really, really tragic and really sad. Um, I just feel like there was so much greed that Yolanda had, she kind of viewed Selena as like, oh, she's this amazing girl. Like, you know, she can be so big and she's going to be so big. And I love her music and I could like run her fan club and do all this stuff. And then there came a point where Yolanda was like, I want what Selena's getting. I, you know, want to, I want to help her. Like she also... wanted to be Selena. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted all those like perks and, you know, what's interesting is that the first memory I have of learning about Selena was actually from my dad. He he told me, I forget how young I was. I must have been like fourth or fifth grade, but he was like, or maybe it was sixth grade, but he told me, um, I think Selena, one of Selena's songs came on the radio and he was like, yeah, this this is this girl, Selena. She her fan shot her. Like I remember him, him saying that her fan shot her because she was a fan, but she was, you know, an obsessive fan that was also kind of an assistant manager in a way too. I also think it's really weird that Yolanda was sitting there trying to convince Selena that she hadn't stolen $30,000. Like I get it if you want to like apologize for having done it, but I, don't get her wanting to convince her that she hadn't done it slash her not even being able to rationalize what she's been doing. I think that was also super weird. I've listened to interviews of her that she's done since she's been convicted. And there was one where she was like trying to appeal 
and she was telling her attorney that in a safety deposit box in Mexico, there were tapes that would prove that she was innocent. Right. And her attorney was like, I'm, I've like tried to find these tapes like six different times. She keeps giving me the runaround. And then at like the end of the episode, it's like, and her attorney has since quit. <sighs> her appeals have been denied. And it seems like there are no tapes and that she does not have anything more to tell us that she keeps sitting there being like, I have a secret that someday I'm going to let out and the tapes will prove it. And it's like, there is no secret to let out and there are no tapes to prove it. I did see those interviews on YouTube. I think I didn't click on them just cause I was like, it's just so sad. And you know, I'm 23 about to turn 24 and our birthdays are kind of close. Me and Selena, but um, it's just, I feel like she has so much life ahead of her and she was just so full of life. She, she was really just, you know, on her way up, I think. And, and I mean, she accomplished a lot, though, when she was young. And, you know, by the age of 23, you know, now she's like an icon. She has so many people that still are just like in love with her in a genuine, profound kind of way, you know. More than anyone we've covered, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I feel like, I mean, we're not Selena experts by any means. Um, and I think this episode, you know, we don't, super, I mean, we're not super deep diving into her life as much. And I think we kind of want to focus more on her legacy because her legacy is just so big. And um, I think it's really going to last forever. Like, it's just, it's so strong, her legacy. and Yeah. Her legacy is almost stronger than I think the entire Tejano movement for music. Like you, you, you think of Selena then Tejano. You don't think of Tejano then Selena. Right. Yep. What are other instances you can think of where like fans have murdered the object of their obsession? Yeah. Well, this kind of reminds me of someone who we may or may not cover in a later season, but Diane Fossey, um, she was sort of the Jane Goodall for gorillas and Diane Fossey. She was, I think she was stabbed to death by her assistant who like stole her manuscript for this book that she was writing. She was in the jungle studying gorillas at the time. And yeah, it's just, again, it's kind of that greed, you know, like they're going to make so much money off of this and I want that money, you know, I, I can't work hard for it like she is. I just want the shortcut and I want it now. Um, and there's also John Lennon who was shot by a fan. And uh, I, I remember the voice star, Christina Grimmie. I remember that was pretty big a few years ago. That was really sad. Yeah. Oh, and I remember I was listening to a podcast recently. It was called Crimes of Passion. It was about this guy like took a bus from Phoenix to try and fall in love with this girl named Rebecca Schaefer. And then he killed her. Oh. It was, it was like a, it was like an hour and a half long podcast. So I'm really just boiling it down to that. But yeah, this has just happened a lot. And it's really sad because a lot of these, a lot of times people like voice that they are crazy and that they could physically hurt this person. Like Martin had voiced to Selena People had told Rebecca Schaefer, you have a crazy fan. Why are you responding to his fan letters? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I wish there was more that we could have done to protect Selena, and I hope that there's more that you know we can do to make sure that things like this don't happen anymore. But unfortunately, you know, there are just these unhinged individuals who just you can't like control them. You know, you can't stop them. Um, but hopefully, there is a way to to stop them. So millions mourned Selena's death, and with this attention, she became even more famous. Dreaming of You, the album released after her death in 1996, contained five songs sung in English. It also contained a number of traditional Tejano songs. The album was a huge hit and sold more than a million copies. It was the wide success that Selena had always hoped for. Um, The album also introduced Tejano music to millions of new fans. At the Houston Astrodome, a place she often performed, she was honored with a memorial concert. A movie was made about her life starring Jennifer Lopez a year later, and this actually kind of catapulted J-Lo's career as well. She wasn't really as well-known before this movie. In 2017, Selena's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame was unveiled, and a record 4,500 fans showed up. And in 2020, Selena's popularity resurged a little bit. I would say it was always going on, but definitely, you know, in the mainstream media, it did when the Selena Netflix show premiered. I've never heard of the actress who plays her. She was in Twilight. She was, I forget who she played in Twilight. I didn't really watch Twilight, but. (laughs) Was Angela Weber? Christian Christian Serratos. Yeah, it says a friend and classmate of Bella's who is described as tall, shy, quiet, and a very kind girl. Yeah. No idea. So so I watched a little bit of the Selena series, and I also watched the J-Lo movie. And my thoughts on the adaptations, I think, I don't know. I mean, I just, I like the J-Lo movie better. It's, you know, it's a little cheesy at times, and it was made in, like, I think like the late nineties or early two thousands, um, late nineties, I think. Um, so it's not like, you know, an Oscar worthy movie, but I do think that JLo does a really good job at sort of capturing the essence of Selena, kind of that carefree girl next door. who just has this like vivacious energy to her and just such a good performer and dancer. JLo, this is a note, but JLo didn't sing like any of the songs except for I think part of the song Como La Flor like why'd um, you hire J-Lo then I, I guess she just I mean I, I personally kind of agree with this but I don't think she can kind of sing like Selena like <laughs> and, and it also might have been like a touchy subject like people might have wanted you know Selena's voice in it and this is the same thing for the Netflix show they don't have a a a singer actress, they just have Christian Serratos, um, and she lip syncs with Selena's voice. And the series, I, I just, I honestly, I couldn't get into. I know a lot of fans love it because it delves a little bit deeper into the family's lives and sort of just a little bit more of sort of the little like intimate moments in Selena's life. But I, I just, I, I couldn't buy Christian as. Selena, I just felt a little forced and she just didn't seem to kind of embody that like free spiritedness 
of Selena and yeah, I, I, I just, I wasn't a big fan, sadly. From what I saw, I agree. Yeah. But I think there's, you know, room for another Selena movie, definitely. Or TV show, maybe a movie. Like, I would love to see like a later years thing of, you know, like sometimes when they do those biopics and they're more, fo- like the Judy Garland one that just came out with Renee Zellweger. It's like focusing on the like the later years of an icon's life. Like, I, I think that would be interesting to kind of focus in a more limited time span. Also, we are covering Judy Garland this season. Ooh, maybe for some someone's birthday. At the Someone, <laughs> somebody. Okay. So we actually reached out to a Facebook group that is devoted to Selena and they're very awesome. And I asked, you know, if anyone wanted to share their favorite memories or their favorite, just their love for Selena. So here we go with Ashley. Ashley said her personality was amazing. She was so empathetic for everyone. Ultimately, I feel like for this reason, she was so loving and did not have a wink of negative energy in her. This is what the woman who must not be mentioned took advantage of. I love you, Selena. You will always have a huge impact on me, and your name is spoken on a regular basis in my household. I actually live in Vegas, and I am working on a Selena project to go downtown dressed as her and to take pictures with her fans just to keep her memory alive. I really love that. I totally encourage you to go do that, Ashley. Please like send us pictures because I would love to see that. And she continues, she was determined after she realized what her dream was. She went through all the tough times like they didn't even exist. I love that. Yeah. That's such a cute response. We also have a response from Riz Lane. I love Selena because she was so genuine and humble. She never denied an autograph nor a picture and was so giving. Fun fact, when fans would compliment her boots or earrings, she'd take them off and give them to the fans. She also anonymously paid for a woman's check who was eating alone. She was sexy, but always in a respectful way. She designed her own clothes. She was bilingual and learned Spanish over time. She had an amazing, powerful voice, a natural entertainer, and an amazing dancer. She was always cheerful and smiling. Her energy was real. She also encouraged kids to stay in school and avoid drugs, etc. Simply amazing. The fact that she was Latina and made it in the Tejano industry, even though she was told only men were successful. She won a Grammy and sold so many copies, and people still listen to her music up to this day. A movie and a Netflix show were made about her to ensure that she is remembered and introduced to younger generations. She did so many amazing things as a Latina and will and will always get recognition for it. Wow, that was like really comprehensive. <laughs> Thank you, Rizley. I love that she would give her like boots and earrings away to fans. Like that's just Would you imagine like... Selena walking barefoot? <laughs> I love her. Do you have like a favorite song of hers or Not to be like, no, but no. <laughs> I mean, it's also good. Like, I feel like, I mean, I love Como La Flor. I just love that. But, I know. Um, I think I might like that one the most, too. But, just because I hear it and I think of you. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just, I love her music. I love her voice. And, you know, I started listening to it more when I found out that we were doing this episode. And, 
it's just if you haven't checked her out selena you definitely should because you know i have friends that aren't familiar with her like i i don't think her legacy is like necessarily like everyone knows her story everyone should know her story but i have a lot of friends that are like oh yeah selena like they vaguely know her and i think it's important to keep her memory alive and to listen to her music because like i don't know if there's ever going to be a voice like hers like it's just so phenomenal and she really did pave the way for a lot of um, other latinx performers and Selena uh, Gomez, like we said. Yeah, J-Lo, Rosalia, um, Camila Cabello. There's I want to take an abundance. what I said earlier, and I think Dreaming of You is my favorite song. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I also want to say, guys, like us on iTunes, leave us a review, follow us on Spotify, just so we can get the word about the podcast out there even more. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Wait, do we have a Facebook? Yes, we do. We do. On Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. And I, guys, I swear, it's spring break. I'm going to make a TikTok. I figured out how to do I know, me too. Something. We're going to make, make another reel, too. I swear we're going to do more on social yes. media. And don't forget to check out our website, fatalfortunes.com, where we have a bunch of blog posts that you can check out about previous fatal fortunes content that we haven't even talked about here and also don't forget to subscribe to us on patreon so that we can keep doing this podcast yes and get ourselves nice things eventually and pay <laughs> ourselves back for these microphones <laughs> yes yes please and and you know we're kind of we're in our early stage obviously so we're still figuring it out but i think you know we're doing pretty good and we have a really amazing audience from different countries and stuff. And just know that if you are listening to this, you're in the OG phase. Like you will be an OG for later episodes. If you like kind of, you know, give us your feedback, rate us, follow us, subscribe. Like you are an OG. So that is very special. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of fatal fortunes. I have been Al. I have been Will. On Tuesdays, we talk ghosts. See you next time. See you next time. time.